Good evening and welcome to Pigeon Post. My name is Michael and I'm doing what I always do, or most of the time anyway, on Pigeon Post. I'm driving in my car. Um, it's funny, two years ago I was driving in my car starting Pigeon Post because I had an hour long drive. And then uh, my drives got uh, less and less and then I was walking to work and now I'm driving an hour again. So. You might get some more pigeon post uh, out of this if I can think of things to talk about. So, my favorite hymn, or at least one of my favorites, I don't know if I have an absolute favorite, but my favorite is um, called Solid Rock. It says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now I wonder how many churches could sing this song and it not conflict with other things that they teach. I wonder if it could be sung in your church. Uh, I wonder if it could be sung in my future church because I'm in between churches because of COVID and other things like the inability to find a good church sometimes. <clears throat> Although we've had, we've had a lot of good churches um, that we've found as we've traveled around. But anyway, <clears throat> I wonder how many could sing this song and really, really mean it. So I wanted to kind of go through the five solas, and I did one on sola scriptura. And this is kind of random. It's This isn't like a, a scholarly task that I'm doing, and I'm not even quoting a ton of Bible verses. I'm just taking like a general principle that kind of comes out of the Reformation, uh, something that I think is pretty obvious in scripture and just kind of trying to make it practical. So when I think of the phrase solus Christus, um, which means Christ alone. Now I think when theologians use that phrase, they're mainly talking about salvation. But if you think about it in relationship to all of your life, yeah, of course it means that we don't go through other mediators, um, but it, it kind of just boils down to the song. Um, that I quoted, you know, I, I was thinking, the reason why I'm thinking about the song today is not because I was preparing for this podcast or anything, but because I felt like life is so hard right now uh, for me, not to whine to you about it, but that it's just incredibly difficult right now for various reasons, okay? Um, and you have your own difficulties, so I'll just let you think of your own difficulties in your life. And sometimes it feels like life, I'm going to talk about life as if life is a thing, right, a person, but um, it just sometimes feel like the, feels like the things that happen in life are asking me, is your hope really built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness? Right, like, have I said that that's my favorite hymn, like, friv frivolously? Like, is my hope really 
I mean, that's a big statement, right? It, like, my hope is built on nothing less or nothing else, right? Christ alone than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So my hope is not in how people treat me. My hope is not in how much money I make. My hope is not in whether I get enough sleep. My hope is not in uh, whether, you know, I ordered my coffee in time and uh, it's going to make it here so I can drink more coffee. <laughs> uh, that's personal. <laughs> um, my hope is not in circumstance. Like, my hope is not in that I get to live tomorrow because I might die tonight. I might die while I'm making this podcast, right? Um, you might die while you're listening to this podcast. Like, any of these things could happen. Um, but is my hope, my ability to face the next day, my, my, the thing that keeps me going, right? Uh, the thing that keeps me living for something, is that built on anything less than Jesus' blood and righteousness? Sometimes I feel like life is trying to challenge that. Maybe it is, and it's not so much life. Um, and I think here's where we can get off. You know, we can say, "Well, it's the devil that's doing it, right? That's that's the devil doing that stuff to you. It's not God." Um, when we were first homeless, uh, we had a family member uh, tell us, you know, that the devil was causing all the problems in our life, and um, I I'm not sure what the exact prescription was, but that was the big the big reveal you know and that I guess we could sort of <clears throat> I don't know cast that out or have enough faith or whatever those charismatic prescriptions are um, which ignore most of scripture right um, you know like what is your hope right look at the life of the Apostle Paul <clears throat> who had some kind of <clears throat> excuse me physical affliction something that was he referred to it as a thorn in the flesh um, it could have been his eyesight we don't really know what it was it could have been a besetting sin it could have been anything it could have been a relationship that was broken um, we don't know what it was but we know that Jesus' answer was not to remove the thorn, you know, and Paul prayed with all faith three times, and Jesus' answer to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So, when I think about the phrase in Christ alone, it's very challenging to me. I don't feel like I attain to it in any sense. I'm not here bragging about how you know, I've learned to just solely rely on Christ for everything. But I know that it's right. You know, it's like, the thing that I think is helpful about biblical theology, you know, like sola scriptura theology, is that <clears throat> we know what the right answer is, right? I think that sometimes the American church in, in particular is waiting for the quick fix, you know, like we're waiting for for our own little drug to come along and sort of uh, save us, you know, like, like I didn't learn how to have a good marriage until I learned our Enneagram types, you know, or 
Um, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to be healed until I prayed to the Virgin Guadalupe. Or, you know, uh, once I've started doing the rosary every night, you know, or once even getting away from Christianity into just spiritual practices, right? Like my, my life has been so much better since I started yoga. Um, I have, my, have, my family is so happy um, now that we do whatever, you know. Um, even, uh, let me just kind of, um, kind of mess with you, even if you are <laughs> generally on my page about things like, has your life been, uh, has the hope of your life been Dave Ramsey, right? Like, has he like, uh, changed your life, you know, so that your hope is in, uh, being financially free, right? Uh, what if you can't be? What if, um, you know, is your hope in the Daniel diet or whatever diet you're on? Uh, is your hope in uh, the, the supplements and vitamins you take and the, the regimen and the, the special doctor you go to? Like, is that your hope? It, is my hope in, you know, what we're doing for my wife's health, which frankly is really hard to do, really hard. Um, would my hope be in, in, in not doing that, right? Like, it, it's really sobering, you know? Like, think about people whose marriage is on the brink, right? Is, is there hope in, uh, that God is for sure going to fix their marriage? Like, they put all this work into it, like it's for sure going to fix? Or is there hope, you know, they probably hear that from some Christians, right? But then from their unbelieving friends, their hope, they're, they're encouraged to put their hope in divorce, right? Uh, and in getting what, what they think they want right now. But what if God is not into changing your circumstances, right? What if God says, my grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness. I want you to stay in this marriage that feels like torture sometimes. I want you to um, keep being sick and struggling with this because my grace is sufficient for you and power is made perfect in weakness. This is what I want to see my friends open their eyes to. And I have many friends whose eyes are open. Um, and you know what? Maybe this is just chicken of me. Like maybe I should call those friends or maybe I should just kind of move on and try to uh, you know, make new friends and, and talk to them about the gospel. You know, like, I, I, I don't know what else to do to help people that don't want to be helped, right? Um, but what I'm doing is trying to show people the help that I needed, right? When I was in my 20s, my hope was in doing what I wanted to do. My hope was in becoming a, a great songwriter and being remembered for that and making art and stuff like that. That was what my hope was in. These days I struggle with my hope being in thinking that, you know, next year, you know, we'll, something, something great will happen that'll kind of help us turn the corner, you know, or my hope might be in doing a good job at work and having people recognize me. Um, but I really feel like genuinely a lot of things have been stripped away from me. And if you ever feel like that, my question is, what does Mormonism do for you? What does Jehovah's Witness 
theology do for you? What does your current understanding of God do for you? Do you go to church or watch church just to kind of get pumped up, you know, with praise and worship music um, so that you can sort of pump yourself up for the next week and then you're just kind of waiting, waiting on God to do something, you know? What if God's not going to do anything? Right? Or, or more, to put it better, what if what God wants to do in your life is to make you more like Jesus? What kind of things do you think God's going to bring into your life to make you more like Jesus? What if God wants you to have a closer walk with Him? Do you think that it might be harder, a harder life that forces us into a closer walk with Jesus? I mean, we can sing the hymn, Closer Walk with Jesus. But if you can go to Walmart and buy whatever the heck you want, whenever you want it, who needs Jesus, right? I don't need Jesus for that. Like, something is happening in your life. And I pray that something would happen. My, my friends that are going to Joel Osteen, uh, his church, or my friends that are Catholic, I pray that God would do whatever it takes to get your attention. Now that might sound like a bad prayer to you, right? But I want God to get your attention, to wake you up, to let you know that life is just not casually walking by you. You know, life is just not about casually walking by and casually walking with God. But life is about knowing God and who He really is and knowing His grace. And how can you know His grace if you don't need it? That's what I don't understand about my friends who are into self-help, right? Self-help is the opposite of the gospel, right? The, the gospel is that help is found in Christ alone, not in giving yourself a pep talk. Who needs a pep talk, right? A pep talk is just a way of saying like, you can do this, I'm cheering for you, I'm in your corner. Okay, that's fine, you can cheer for people I guess, right? But isn't that teaching people to put their hope in, um, in the idea that people are on their side or that they can do it and stuff like that? So, <clears throat> with this Reformation Day, you know, coming up, I want to be more reformed, you know? I want God, and by that I don't mean like necessarily like be a Presbyterian or anything like that, because I'm not a Presbyterian. I'm not even like officially, you know, reformed in that kind of like capital R sense. What I'm talking about is like, is there a way that God can reform me and you and, and everybody that we know by by transforming us, right? Like Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like, our pattern should not look like the pattern of the world. The pattern of the world is recognizable. It's about getting what you want. And the gospel is about losing yourself and dying to yourself. And so those are two different patterns. Um, this is going to be a pretty short podcast. Uh, I'm almost home. 
and honestly I don't have a whole lot to say <laughs> uh, which is usually not the case um, I just want to encourage you that the slogan the motto in Christ alone uh, solus Christus you know one of the solas of the Reformation I have found is not just about salvation yes salvation is found in Christ alone it's not just about prayer yes prayer should go through Christ alone um, but it's really about all of our life that our life that every second of our life we might be found um, in Christ alone like our hope is in Christ alone um, our obedience is to Christ alone um, so just I'd encourage you to think about it this this week like think about what happens at your church think about where your hope is you know like what you're looking forward to what your motivations are are those things really in Christ alone or are they sort of you know mixed up with other things um, I think that's that's really not to be cliche but it's kind of like the key to to a happy joy-filled life is to ask yourself you know what is Christ about what is Christ trying to do in my life and if I'm finding my joy in him um, Christ had joy right he had joy when the Spirit revealed things to people when people uh, followed him and got saved um, he didn't just have joy when emotions were worked up he didn't just have joy when things were going great because oftentimes they weren't but he had joy when people were loving God and we know that that happens in Christ alone um, there was one more thing I wanted to say just about suffering um, what was it? You know, I think when suffering comes, you know, we, we might often think, you know, that suffering comes uh, through the devil. But if you read Job, the devil is just mentioned a little bit, you know. Um, you could think of anything, any person really, or any situation as being like, against you right sometimes it just feels like things are against us but you know that God was the one to mention Job to the devil God was the one who allowed the devil to even touch Job so nothing brothers and sisters comes to you except by the hand of God so even if the devil is um, if you think that the devil is is afflicting or bringing bad things into your life he's asking permission from God to do it right he has to go through God to get to you and honestly he can never touch your soul because if you want to know what you have in Christ alone um, it's everything that's mentioned in Ephesians 1 so go read Ephesians 1 because the way Paul talks about it we are already seated with Christ in the heavenly places. 
So what is the devil really going to do to us? He can do nothing to our soul if we're in Christ. The Bible says that God works all things together for the good. That means that even the things that we think are horrible are being worked by God for our good and for his own glory. And I think the Reformed view of putting so much emphasis on the sovereignty of God and, and de-emphasizing um, this whole um, everything comes about by our free choices and chance. If everything's about choice and chance, then life sucks. I should sit here and regret everything that's happened to me, right? I'm using me in the general sense, not me personally. But you could sit here and regret everything that happened to you, and God would be like, yeah, you should regret that, right? But what does the Bible say? It says that we don't look back, but we look forward to Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. That's how we need to to live our lives as like Jesus. So uh, putting these two podcast thoughts together, get into the word. Let the word tell you how to think. And when the word of God is telling you how to think and it's correcting you and it's your authority, then you're going to see that all of life happens for you as a believer who's repented and believed the gospel, that you now operate in Christ alone and that even when bad things, really bad things happen to you, that it is happening under the sovereign hand of God. It's happening for your good and that God would never leave you or forsake you because you are in Christ. And I just have to note, I just have to point out, that is not available in Catholicism. It's not available in Eastern Orthodoxy. It's not available in Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, many forms of charismatic Christianity, many forms of fundamentalist Christianity. Um, it really doesn't matter what brand of Christianity you're talking about. Even Protestant Christianity is not perfect, and that's not here what I'm peddling. What I'm encouraging you to do is to put your hope in Christ alone, and that that principle is true, and to seek Him in His Word alone, and to live by that. And God will lead you to the right church if you're doing that. And it won't necessarily be about the label. It'll be about what conforms to the Word of God and what glorifies and, and, and encourages you to operate and live in Christ alone because in Him we live and move and have our being. I love you. Thanks for listening. And uh, email me at pigeonpost2019 at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or questions. I'm not like a, a theologian that answers questions or anything like that. But if you want to give me something to talk about, um, send me an email. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mm-hmm.